Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and today we have a great show on the docket for you guys. It is a good day to be a comic book fan but it is an even better day to be an X-Men fan. And so before we dive into my review and discussion of House of X issue number six, I'm going to talk briefly about Charles Sewell's book Anyone and the tweet that I had made last night in regards to it, along with the a very, very quick review of J.J. Abrams and his small son's new book, uh, Spider-Man, issue number one. So let's dive right in. First up, uh, like I said, Anyone by Charles Sewell. So it's a, it's a novel that he's writing, and if you guys are familiar, Charles Sewell is the author of another book called The Oracle Year, which is a book about a guy who wakes up and he had a dream, and I don't remember the exact number, but he had a dream of like 200 and something predictions that are about all this random stuff and all of them start coming true. So he starts monopolizing them and and making money off of them and selling these predictions to the highest bidder. It's actually a really, really good book. It was awesome. Really great look at what people will do for, you know, the whole knowledge is power thing and uh, just a, a really tight story that um, reminded me a lot of why I love Charles Sewell in the first place. But the reason I knew about Charles Sewell even to begin with is because he wrote a lot of comics for both uh, DC and Marvel. But um, I knew him from the Marvel comics. So he did Star Wars uh, Darth Vader and then a brilliant run on Darth Vader, 25 issues worth. And then he also did She-Hulk he did Daredevil, he did Death of Wolverine, The Return of Wolverine, The Hunt for Wolverine, a bunch of Wolverine-type comics, and he's also doing the Marvel Comics Presents, and I know I'm probably missing a couple of other things. He's got some other Star Wars stuff coming out in the future, but he's he's really cool. He's a really cool guy. I met him at Denver Comic Con and actually got a signed copy of his book, and he was really fun to talk to. He used to be a lawyer, and he's kind of a jack of all trades. He used to be a lawyer, and then he became a writer. He's in like a band and does music, but uh, he's just he's whip smart. He's super cool, and his books just are about really cool concepts. So this book, anyone, which comes out in December, the brief. So I and and what I posted on Twitter, and, and for any of you curious, my Twitter handle is at a robot's wink, like a robot winking, but it's a robot's wink, or you can look it up under Alexander Klein, I'm there too. My uh, profile picture is me screaming on a beach, so if you're wondering if it's the right uh, Twitter handle, it's the one with the guy on his knees screaming to the sky while wearing a Doctor Strange Funko Pop shirt and wearing a Pokemon Go uh, wristband, the, the tracker thing, which actually works really well. And uh, so this book, I, I he had a pre-order bonus. So it was like if you pre-ordered his book, whether that was on Amazon or anywhere else, you sent him an email for this, uh, not his personal email, but an email to his whatever with a copy or proof of the pre-order and then your name, address, all that stuff. And then he sends you a personalized letter from the Neonet Global Corporation, which is essentially the the company from the book, along with a little, um, this is like a transcript of the book. It's it's essentially like the first chapter. It's just a little promotional sampler, and then a pin. I got a, a cool fingerprint pin, and I also get entered into a drawing to be Charles Sewell for a day, 
and that entails a bunch of really cool stuff like you get flown to new york and he walks you around all the places he goes you go like listen to live shows all this stuff sounded really cool but the whole reason for all of that is because and i'm just going to read the back of this sampler uh anyone a novel by charles sewell the oracle year author charles sewell brings his signature knowledge and wariness of technology to his novel set in a realistic future about a brilliant female scientist who creates a technology that allows for the transfer of human consciousness between bodies and the transformation this process wreaks upon the world. And so he kind of went into it a little more detail uh, in prior things. I mean, that, that doesn't go into it too much, but essentially it was like, what would you do to be able to transfer consciousness with somebody? And it's a it's a concept that I have thought about a lot. And so to see that he started writing about it or was writing a whole book about it, that's why I was like, oh my gosh. And after after reading Oracle Year, I, I trust everything that he's done. He's earned my trust in terms of him being a phenomenal uh, author. So I thought to myself, well, why not? I'm going to get the book anyway. I might as well do the pre-order. So I got my stuff in the mail, and I was really curious because – he, uh, he, people had been posting on Twitter as well, their own letters that they got from pre-ordering it. And so what he does in the letter, it's a form letter. It's, 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 uh, you know, a pre-filled. And then, so it says, Hey Alex, congratulations. You're, and it's, it's sort of a, not a joke, but it's like your application to participate in the first public trials of this technology he's talking about in a book. Again, it's, it's promotional, but the whole point of it is he picks somebody, a random, whatever makes it up, doesn't matter that you get to be, to switch consciousness with. And so some people were posting, he had given somebody Matt Murdock because he wrote Daredevil. And then someone else I saw today, he gave him Jack Kirby. And then there's other ones I've seen where just regular people, or maybe it's a character in the book. I have no idea. So I'm, I was really excited. I was wondering, you know, oh, what, who am I going to get? Or it will be someone cool. And so it totally is. So like I said, if you see it in my Twitter post, it, it you know, it explains it. But the person I am going to be is Stephen Blades, age 44, Washington, D.C., occupation, president of the United States of America. How cool is that, guys? I'm going to get to be the president. So obviously, none of this is real and this isn't happening. But just in terms of, I have a, you know, not only do I have a piece of history of Charles Sewell writing this personally to me, uh, but it's me getting to be the president. I'm like, that's so cool. That's so, I don't know. That's, to, to me, that is such a cool bonus, a cool promotion, whatever you want to do, because it's the easiest thing in the world. You just print off a piece of paper, and then he literally wrote one sentence. It, it takes zero time at all, but for a fan like me and all these other fans out there, that's such cool fan service. So for those of you who are wondering what that post was, that's what it is. So keep an eye out if you're interested in that sort of stuff for that book coming out in December. And if you want, heck, pre-order the book. I just pre-ordered it on Amazon. And then uh, if you go to his website, which I think is just charlessewell.com, if you Google Charles Sewell, and it's S-O-U-L-E, and Charles is Charles, but if you Google it, uh, it should come up. It's got all the instructions for how you need to do it. It's completely free. There's you know no obligation other than paying for the book, and I believe the book is going on Amazon for uh, $21.99, which is more than worth it because it's going to be a great book. So from there, we're going to move on, like I said, briefly to uh, this Spider-Man issue number one. And I'm really excited to talk about this book. I was very hesitant of it to begin with because J.J. Abrams, Abrams, J.J. <laughs> Abrams, I, okay, I like J.J. Abrams. I, I loved Alias. I loved the books. 
I pro I think I watched one episode of the TV show, but it's funny because I have a, I had a huge crush on Jennifer Garner when I was growing up, and I saw that show, and I was like, wow, this is the show for me, and for some reason, I never watched it, and we're in this day and age now where it's like, if you don't watch something, it's just going to go in the pile, and you're never going to watch it, because, you know, we've got so many things on our plates these days, but I, I when I was growing up, I did read a ton of the Alias novels, which weren't by J.J. Abrams, but that's kind of where he started, from what I understand, what I know him from is uh, Star Wars and Star Trek, and I'm pretty sure... Oh, and then he did Lost. That's what it was, and I, I've seen bits and pieces of Lost, too, but suffice to say, I, I think he's a great guy, and I think he's a really good filmmaker. You know, I, don't, I can't speak too much on his TV skills, but in terms of the films he's made, I've thoroughly enjoyed the Star Trek movies way more than I thought I would, and then I really enjoyed Force Awakens despite it being a complete remake of uh, New Hope. I still enjoyed it because it was a um, better CGI, that sort of stuff. So when it was announced that he was going to do this book, this Spider-Man, and it's just a miniseries, it's five issues, I initially rolled my eyes and I said, again, Marvel's 80th anniversary, guys, you've heard me say this before, like how many cash grabs are they going to try and get from us in one year? And of course, we get the cash grab of somebody who's not associated with comics writing a comic, because I'm trying to remember the last time this happened. They've done some stuff with, I think Scott Ackerman did a, a, a story... They got the, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but it doesn't happen often, but whenever it does, I'm always like, okay, I'm a little leery, because it, it seems like they're banking more on the person than they are on the story, and they kept saying, oh, this story's going to blow you away, and I was like, okay, all right, like, what more, what more can you tell about Spider-Man? Guys, you heard me on the, if you listen to my Hunted Storyline podcast from about a week ago. I was just talking about that of like, I'm, I'm just, it's not that I'm getting tired of it, but I'm just, I, I'm wanting that sort of Donny Cates, Hickman, Jonathan Hickman storytelling of where it's, it's new things. It's things you, you didn't think of, or you weren't, you weren't thinking you needed. And, and instead of just, oh, this is a rehash of the Craven's last hunt, or this is a rehash of the clone saga, especially with Spider-Man, like I said, so I won't go into too much detail, but I wanted to see what the hubbub was about, so I just decided to purchase the Humberto Ramos uh, cover, the variant cover, because like I said, I love Humberto, and I have, it's funny too, I have all of his Spider-Man variant covers signed and CGC'd by him, so this would be the only one now that I would need. I, from that period in time when he was doing them, which was like during, I think it was like 2000, basically for Superior Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and one other Spider-Man. But uh, so I was like, I'll check it out. The cover looked cool, and I, I'm blown. I was blown away, absolutely blown away. Uh, this book, I take back everything that I said about about J.J. Abrams. I don't know if I can take everything back about his small son Henry, but I and there was nothing to take back to begin with about Sarah Pacelli, the artist. She's incredible. If you guys don't know her, she co-created uh, Miles Morales, and she's done a bunch of other stuff as well with inking assistant uh, Elisabetta D'Amico, and then color art by Dave Stewart, VCs Joe Caramagna on the letters. And what we get here is exactly what I was wanting and what I was asking for in Spider-Man. Yeah, this probably has this book probably has nothing to do with current Spider-Man, with the current Marvel student like Marvel run of Spider-Man. 
but I don't care. This is essentially like a Marvel red label of Spider-Man. And hey, if they start calling it that, uh, you heard it here first. DC's got their black label. Marvel's got their red label. Stories that take place outside of current Marvel continuity. And that's what this is. I am gonna, I'm going to do my best to not spoil anything for you on this. Suffice to say, to get this book, the, the art is crisp. The paneling, the production is insane, is so crazy. You are not confused ever about what's going on. And five pages in, there's already something shocking happened that I was like, "Oh no, is this this can't be this can't be in the in the main Marvel universe." And then after that happens, another something happens that pushes me even further to going, "Nope, this absolutely is not the Marvel universe." To the point where then we get two full pages of black that, a la Avengers Endgame, say twelve years later, and there's still stuff going on and. Holy cow, guys. Like I said, I so I, I don't think, and I'm still deciding if I want to jump into the series. I may just wait for Marvel Unlimited. And I want to make a quick call out to that. I was going to wait for Marvel Unlimited for all of the Conan series. They're not coming to Marvel Unlimited. Uh, they, are already, they are already in the previews of like issue four right now and i haven't seen a single issue on marvel unlimited and i think that could be because it's the conan brand haven't seen conan savage sword of conan or belite all of which would be out by now and they're not so i don't think this one will won't be there because it's an actual marvel character but it's just it that's why i wanted to talk about it is because it's very rare when i get blindsided by a comic or where where I make a complete 180 about a comic and I know I've talked about that in the past but this was a specific case where I didn't ha- I didn't want to have anything to do with this I thought it was all a publicity stunt and it is not just know it from me if you trust me this was not a publicity stunt this comic is really cool and so if they pull off what they did in this first issue and carry it through the next five sign me up is all I'm gonna say so without further ado we are talking about House of X issue six of six guys this is the end and after reading this and I'm gonna and just besides what I said about Spider-Man, full spoilers about House of X. I'm going to be talking about everything in relation to House of X. So if you want to avoid it, as per usual, press pause, come back once you've done, once you've read it, and we'll go from there. So House of X 6 is the perfect ending to this series. I actually saw someone on Twitter say that you could read House of X 1 through 6 and not read Powers of X 1 through 6 and be fine but not vice versa. And I agree with that. I really do. I think the the bulk of the story is in this seminal month of the X-Men during House of X 1 through 6. And it ends on such a perfect note that I know for a fact something horrible or whatever is going to happen in this powers issue next week because it's just too it's wrapped up too nicely in this issue. So, uh, let's dive in because I just I can't take it any longer. I'm skipping right to the front. Written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Pepe Larraz, color art by Marte Gracia and David Curiel, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, with design by Tom Muller. So uh, it opens with Krakoa one month ago, and that's presumably right before the beginning of House of X, because Charles Xavier is about to start his telepathy to the world, explaining what's about to happen with the medicine and stuff. But what is so beautiful about this book, and what I'm going to continuously talk about in this book is Hickman's ability to fix, uh, repair, and foster the relationships between these X-Men. 
there is just a, a renewed sense of brotherhood between all of the X-Men, good X-Men, the bad X-Men. There's just this this feeling that everyone has just realized that these these differences that they had were completely petty and it's time to move forward into a better stronger world and what's interesting too is and i am and that's why i'm wondering people keep saying that xavier is a bad guy or that he's going to end up being a bad guy and you could argue at this point it's kind of confirmed that he's not because nothing ever happens in this issue too to make him be evil but we still have that powers issue and i could see it happening in this issue specifically because if you guys remember Unless it was X, X year zero before this whole thing with Krakoa, we haven't seen Professor Xavier's face. And this issue, you still don't see it even before he puts the helmet on, presumably for the first time. So this opens up in Moira's no space, which appears to be this bubble that's suspended under the water upside down on some island. And so they're right side up inside it, but they're facing the bottom of the ocean. It's kind of kind of trippy when you're looking at it. But he he's explaining to it's just him, Magneto, and Moira, and they're all surrounded by his helmet sitting in the middle of the room. He says, This is that one blind step into the abyss, my friends. Our proverbial leap of faith. Once we do this, there will be no turning back. Total commitment is what's required here. So are we agreed? And they says, of course, yes. And then uh, Xavier, and at this point, all we've seen is a wide, a faraway shot of Xavier, so you can't see his face. And then in this small panel, we just see the lower half of his face, just his mouth. So you've, we still, we've never seen his eyes, but he says, very well. And then here's the first moment of, of beauty and brotherhood. Xavier, or Magneto says, Charles. And Xavier says, yes, Eric. He says, whatever has been there between us over the years. And he puts his hand on, on Xavier's shoulder. He says, all our disagreements, all the anger at the other's relentless ideology and unyielding persistence, that ends today. You have my word. Guys, I'm getting comic book chills now, and not joking, I choked up when I was reading this the first time when I was at lunch earlier today. I literally got choked up, and that's because this is a relationship that we have followed since X-Men issue number one of Xavier and Charles being on each other's sides of this ideology and to the fact that it's Magneto putting that all aside and saying, you have my word, this is over. It shows his eye, his eye when he's saying that. Xavier puts his hand on Magneto's hand on his shoulder, doesn't say anything, puts the helmet on and makes the, makes the announcement. Humans of the planet Earth, I am the mutant Charles Xavier and I bring you a message of hope. In the coming days, you will learn of several far-reaching pharmaceutical breakthroughs. And he says, you know, things like influenza, Alzheimer's, ALS, gone, overnight. These drugs will make life on the planet better. Remarkably so. And all of this we have done for you. Here's the best part, though, guys. And this is where it's, you're, getting, you're getting your fist pumps in this issue. In the past, they have, would have been a gift something freely given by me to you because I believed it would create harmony between our two peoples. That was my dream, harmony. But you have taught me a harsh lesson. That dream was a lie. It was a lie, Stephen, a lie. It gave me no ego powers. It gave me no nutrients. Oh, sorry, guys, sorry. I was reading the Nacho Libre script. Let me, hold on, I gotta get back in the comic. You see... 
All I ever wanted was peace between humans and mutants. All I ever wanted was to love you and for you to love us. We wanted to save you, and we did many times. But in return, all you did was stand by while evil men killed our children. Over 16 million of them. So there will be no gift, for you have not earned it. We will, however, let you pay for it. And uh, when he's explaining this, it's panels of the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange, and multiple different panels listening because, you know, he's, he's broadcasting this. In return for two things, we will provide you with the means to have a better life. Sorry, guys, I love Nacho Libre, and there were parts in here that reminded me of Nacho Libre, but this is in all seriousness. One without pain or suffering and full of hope, it will cost you so little. First, you must accept the island of Krakoa the nation, as a nation state of all mutants on this planet. We will happily go through all the processes that need to be done to make it sovereign, but we will be recognized. And second, all mutants by birth can claim Krakoan citizenship. And with that, we expect a period of amnesty so that those who have been singled out as criminals or punished and imprisoned by humans can overcome man's bias against mutants. And from this day forward, mutants will be judged by mutant law, not man's law. These are our simple demands, and they are not negotiable. In return for making our lives better, we will do the same for you. And if you find yourselves asking who you think the mutants are to think that they can dictate terms to us, we are the future, an evolutionary inevitability, the Earth's true inheritors. You closed your eyes last night believing this world would be yours forever. That was your dream. And like mine, it was a lie. Here is a new truth. While you slept, the world changed. And that is the beginning of this book. <sighs> wow. Wow. Guys, if you don't have chills from that, then you're going to get chills from the next page, which is the Quiet Council of Krakoa. And guys, I was right. Or more importantly, the website that confirmed all of the names was right. So the Quiet Council confirmed Professor Xavier, Magneto, Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister, Exodus, Mystique, Sebastian Shaw, Emma Frost, and then the third spot, the Red King, but it still doesn't say who. It's most likely Kitty Pride. And then Summer, Storm, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler. And then Krakoa, Cypher, and Krakoa, along with, and this part is so perfect, guys. Honestly, I I would be jealous of, and, and I'm certainly not saying be jealous of getting to listen to me, but can you imagine somebody who says, you know what, I just, I just want to listen to somebody tell me these stories. I don't want to actually read them. Well, guys, that's what I'm going to be doing for you today for the most part, uh, and, and then going over it with my thoughts, but I've just, ah, man, so, okay, the great captains. While the Quiet Council is the recognized ruling authority on Krakoa, when there is a state-related excursion or in times of conflict or war, the great captains of Krakoa assume the responsibility of defending the state. In the field, the captain has total control. Among the captains, the captain commander is considered first among equals. So, guys, who do you think the captain commander is? Well... You don't even need to guess, because you all know who it is. It's Cyclops. 
Hell yeah. Check one. Number two. Holy crap. Gorgon. Yes, guys. Gorgon. If if And I talked about him last issue too. Gorgon, if you don't know who he is, he's a mutant. Typically been working with Hydra. His big stories are with Wolverine. The Mark Millar Wolverine story, Enemy of the State. Along with some really cool stuff in Avengers World. And some great stuff in... Um, was it Avengers World? And there's a couple of other series where he, so his, his power, he's a, he's an incredible hand to hand combat guy, insane. But also his eye, if, if he looks at you, he can turn you to stone. So that's one of his powers too. And he has a couple of other things, but he, like he turned Wolverine to stone, I believe, if I remember correctly in that story, it's an insane story, but Gorgon is just this, he dresses like a, like a Japanese samurai, like he wears this big cloak kimono and he wears a blindfold over his eyes yet he can still see everything. And he's just, he, he chooses his words so carefully. He's so smart and cunning and clearly you can tell that I'm in love with him. But to have him be one of the mutants on here, or one of the captains, is perfect. Absolutely perfect for him, because that's kind of what he was for the bad guys, and now he's going to do it for for the mutants. Number three, Bishop. Enough said. Number four, Magic. Now, for any of you who may be wondering who Magic is, that is Colossus's sister, Ilyana Rasputin. And she is worthy of this, because she spent a lot of her life uh, trapped in hell, keeping the demons of hell, or of limbo, at bay from coming into the real world because she's got all these mystical powers she can teleport she's got this that giant soul sword that you see rasputin in the powers issues having that's from magic so her that's going to just be so cool to see how that kind of ties in and then we get another graphic showing all of that but i just think that's so cool that there's captains and that for anyone going oh man cyclops should have been in the quiet council no he shouldn't have he's not the kind of guy to be on a council he's the one that's leading you in the battlefield and to make him the captain commander uh is is awesome the you know kangaroo commander whatever you want to call it but uh, then we go to krakoa now so we're back in the day Everyone is walking into the quiet council. Welcome and please be seated, Xavier says, as they all sit around the giant X circle. And he says, family, friends, and allies, whenever you're ready, Douglas. And Douglas is cypher. He talks to Krakoa and says, release the hounds, big guy. And then Nightcrawler says, ah, so it appears our first bit of business is this oldest kind on the planet, on Z planet judgment and then Sabretooth comes out of Krakoa and plops down and says somebody better start talking or things are gonna get red real quick like what is this and Magneto says this this is the establishment of a nation ours and I would have it be one of laws but not the old laws of man the new ones of mutants which is why we have called this first council meeting in the first place. And Xavier says, I cannot say that everyone here best represents the ideals of what a society should be, but it falls on us to establish those laws. And then we get, oh, we just get some great bits from Mr. Sinister. Is he talking about me? If he is, I don't care. I won't be ignored. I have ideas. Nobody puts Sinister in a corner. Nobody. And then Exodus says, speak to me again and you'll do so at your own peril. And then he says, okay, just a suggestion, but mutant on mutant violence, killing a mutant against the law, throw this mutant in jail. And Apocalypse says, how can it be a crime to kill someone who cannot be killed? And how will anyone, any of you, know that you are fit and worthy if you are not tested? 
And then Storm says, you cannot be serious. And Jean says, oh, I'm sure he is, but if we're arguing about the highest of ideals, if the goal is greatness and purpose, and if our undertaking is to have worth, then I would think the opposite would be true. The highest crime would be killing someone who cannot come back. It would be a mutant killing a human. And then Mystique says, and when they come for us, which they will, we aren't going to do everything we can to defend ourselves. And Magneto says, that's the old argument of is it murder if it's done in defense of a nation and not what we are talking about. We will deal with that at some point. Yeah, of course, but that's not that. Gene is right. And then Xavier agrees, says, I also see no fault in it. Does anyone have an argument otherwise? Apocalypse? And Apocalypse says, I won't belabor a point that means nothing to me, as man himself means nothing to me. (laughs) Perfect. And so everyone says, cool, awesome, we can agree then. The first law will be that no mutant can take a human life. What a great law, guys. I think that's awesome because that shows that they are being respecting, of, respectful of human life and also acknowledging the fact that yeah, these mutants, they can't die anymore. That is so insane. There's no more death for them as long as all this stuff works out. And, you know, they're going to toy with that in the future for sure. But for right now, that's so cool. So then, you know, Sabretooth gets pissed. Oh, I see how it is. You're going to make an example of me. And then, oh my goodness, uh, Emma Frost says, quiet. And then her her head kind of lights up with her psychic stuff. And he's still talking. And then Gene says, quiet. And then he just starts drooling. And uh, (laughs) Mr. Sinister says, I have to say, it's the drool that really brings the whole outfit together. This is fun. What's next? Somebody shock me. And uh, Sebastian Sasha's property rights, wealth, currency, a few of the things man clearly got right. I have quite a few ideas. And then uh, Cypher interrupts him and says, excuse me, small point needs to be made. Krakoa is alive, not a place or a biome, a person, fauna, not flora. So I'd be careful how hard you want to lean into the whole property rights thing. And so uh, Storm suggests and says, of course, Douglas, but the idea of home comes with possession baked in, doesn't it? Perhaps if you want to own a place, it has to be out there in the world. No one has said that we have to run from it, which is interesting. So everyone has a place in Krakoa, but I guess if they want, they could go have a place on, on the rest of the world too. And Emma says, and none of that touches any number of broader economic concerns, but we're not going to settle those today anyway. They have complications. And so Exodus says, still, the boy raises a good point. This place is an Eden to us, life-giving, nurturing. It lives, and through it, so do we. If there is mutant ground that is sacrosanct, it is this. There is honor to be had in lifting it up. And Xavier says, well said, Paris. On this, we can all agree too, yes? Good. All right, so the second law now is to respect Krakoa. And they, they kind of explain in the next one, but it's respect this sacred land. Very cool law, I think. So essentially, if you're on Krakoa, chill out and be a good person. And so here comes my favorite part, guys, because oh, it's Nightcrawler. But uh, so he says, good. And then uh, Mystique says, excuse me, but before we're done, we have yet to hear from the righteous among us. Surely the one mutant who has faith in one greater than you, Charles, has something foundational to share. Tell us, Kurt, where is your foolish providence in all this? Where is your God's wisdom? And he sits there and thinks about it a little bit. And he says, And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. It's obvious, isn't it, Raven? We need to make more mutants. 
And uh, Xavier says, thank you, Kurt. I couldn't agree more. And what we have is what we have perfect? No. What is? But it's a start and a good one. As of today, these are the first laws of our nation, which in the next infographic are make more mutants, murder no man, and respect this sacred land. So from there, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Sabretooth. So they're kind of tossing and turning. And guys, honestly, this is the type of conversation that I've been dying to, to see go over between villains and heroes alike about somebody who... I just briefly on Monday was talking about how much I like Sabretooth's turn as a good guy. But when Sabretooth is a bad guy, he is a really bad guy. And so he um, he's talking about, Xavier explains it to Sabretooth. He says, and with those laws decided, we must decide what to do with you, Mr. Creed, who has broken them. Do we believe that giving you one last chance benefits our new society? Or are we better served by making an example of you that no one is above mutant law? And then Magneto reminds him and says, I gave you strict instructions when I sent you on your mission, and you did not listen. You made your bed creed. Let your sleeping in it serve a higher purpose. Agreed, says Apocalypse. So long, pack light, safe travels to faraway lands, says Mr. Sinister. Guilty, replies Exodus. Just get this over with us, says Mystique. And so they, uh, and even Nightcrawler says it shames me, but I agree. And then so does uh, Jean Grey and Storm, who says this sentence is long past due. And then the other, the, uh, Sebastian Shaw and Emma Frost as well, they all agree. And then Sabretooth gets super mad and says, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your kids. And it looks like they, so he, he tells Krakoa, Cypher tells Krakoa to, to, he says, you know what, you know what to do. And Krakoa just essentially eats uh, Sabretooth, like, swallows him in, like, pulls him in with all these tendrils. And so Xavier explains to him, he says, you've been found guilty, and so you'll be sentenced. The problem, however, with sentencing you for your crimes is that we cannot send you back into the world. And as we tolerate no prisons here on Krakoa, that leaves us with very few choices, especially since capital solutions would bring you into resurrection protocols. Instead, this will be your fate. Stasis. Deep inside Krakoa, alive but immobile, aware but unable to act on it. And for how long? Forever, Creed. For that is how long mutant justice lasts. Perhaps one day, a time might come when you have the opportunity to redeem yourself, but that time is not now. And until it is, you are exiled. Holy cow, guys. That's, I mean, that's how you write, that's good storytelling, because the easy way out would have been to kill him or to just send him back into the world, but... To, have, to know that he is trapped within Krakoa right now for the rest of his life is insane. That's just totally insane. And uh, and then he looks around at everyone and says, it's distasteful, I know, but this is the business of running a nation. So everyone, and this was the coolest part. So then at this point, the rest, the entire rest of this issue is a giant celebration. The celebration of the sovereignty of Krakoa because this is now a month in advance from the last house issue the vote passed. They are a sovereign nation now, and they can do what, you know, they're, they're just as important as any other nation, and it's all of the mutants together at last. So the, the, the art in here, and I know I've said it multiple times, but uh, Pepe Larraz just kills the art, and he does such a good job of giving really good character descriptions in his drawings and and even the celebration just stands out as so powerful and so while it's going on Xavier's saying it's been said that when a parent has a child they never have a good night's rest again well I've had millions of children and I haven't slept in decades I may never sleep again now the same may be true of you 
but they will. And by they, he means all of these mutants who are all celebrating. And guys, I'm just going to point out all of my thoughts that I had as I was reading these last three pages, because this is literally, this is like the ending. This is literally the same sort of ending to Avengers Endgame, like when Ant-Man and Wasp are sitting on the porch and there's fireworks going off in the sky. There's fireworks, Dazzler's shooting stuff off. I'm sure Jubilee is doing it as well. So we get a panel of Iceman, Beast, and Archangel all having some drinks. Exodus, who is a villain, is like showing and telling stories to little kids. Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Wolverine has his arms around Jean Grey and Cyclops with a be- with a six-pack of beers, and they're all grabbing them. And so Wolverine, guys, and this was the second time that I choked up when I read this because, like I said, I have a real, I love Wolverine and I love Gorgon. And Wolverine pulls a beer and he's he's got beers in both of his hands, and and I hope I don't cry while I'm recording this. He is wa- walking towards Gorgon in this panel, and I was like, no way, no way, no way. This next panel is just a shot of him holding up his hand with a beer to Gorgon, and then the next scene is both of them standing next to each other drinking a beer. That's after everything that happened with Gorgon and Wolverine. Holy cow, guys. Like, they're they're putting all their differences aside. It's insane. And then Jean Grey and Cyclops smile at each other. She grabs another beer and looks over, walks over to Emma Frost, turns around and hands Emma Frost a beer, and then Emma Frost looks back at Cyclops, smiles at him. Havoc and Cyclops are then hugging each other. Guys, everyone, like... All the differences are put aside, and then we get a little bit of foreshadowing. Apocalypse is sitting by himself in a forest, alone, just sit, just sitting there, which kind of leans into that that art or that teaser thing for Excalibur that said some mutants or something, some mutants are never satisfied. And I, I just wonder, I think that would be a re- is a really good story to dive into and look into because um, I could see why Apocalypse would not be satisfied because his whole thing is survival of the fittest. His whole life has been a struggle, has been a fight. He's been fighting his entire life, and now he doesn't have to do that anymore. And I can see how that would be troublesome for some people. It's the same as like people who who are always going on tours, uh, you know, and going to war. And when they come back home, they don't know what to do with themselves because war is all they know. And so I hope they dive into something like that. But seriously. Oh, guys, if this was if this was a movie, I would have been cry. I would have just this would have been an, a, a cry fest the entire movie. But this final panel is is Xavier and Magneto standing on top of a precipice. Magneto's uh, cape is billowing in the wind. They're staring off into the distance as fireworks go off behind them, and Magneto just says, "Just look at what we have made," and that's the end. And that is just such a beautiful thing. And when I read this. I, the amount of happiness that I had when I read this, I haven't had, I thought, and I, I, I said it, I thought that House of X5 was like the, the high point and that House of X6 would set something up for the future. And it's not, I think that's going to end up being what happens in powers. House of X is telling. So what I would say then is to somebody who says, you know, the X-Men suck. They haven't had a good story in years. They're constantly being ridiculed by humankind, yada, 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 yada. Give them give them house of x one through six don't even make them read powers obviously if they really want to get into it do it but like the story of this series and i'll talk about this briefly because i i i've reviewed all of the the issues and I'm, I, I don't think i want to do it one of just house i'd rather do a full discussion of both but 
that's the message of this this series is just been about putting the mutants back to exactly where they need not back but giving them their rightful place in the marvel universe giving them those wins that they've been wanting for 80 years well it's probably not 80 it's more like uh like 50 years something like that because uh, what was it 1962 that the first x-men came out so that's probably 40 50 55 maybe so almost 60 years and they've just been struggling and this book the way that this book ends if you don't read any more x-men at that point they won this is this is the happy ending this is the avengers endgame issue of this series this is the end this is the happy ending that we've been wanting for so many years and again i can't speak to what's going to happen in powers and i'm sure there's going to be stuff to hint at the future of the x-men and this new dawn of x that's coming which again guys you i i you guys are in for a treat is all i'm gonna say because uh, my wallet is disagreeing with me but my heart and my head aren't I told my local comic shop that I want to be on all of the Dawn of X issues. You guys remember what I was talking about earlier. I I couldn't decide which ones to do. If I wanted to wait for some on Marvel Unlimited, I'm going all out, guys. Jonathan Hickman convinced me. And I made the decision before today, but now I'm so happy that I made the decision. I'm happy that I put my my orders in because guys, final order cutoff for Marauders was on Monday. So if you haven't told your shop that you want it, either buy it digitally or just get there right when the shop opens in case they sell out. Because just knowing that Hickman is going to be overseeing all of this, that he's going to have his hand in writing this, like this this is the X-Men that I always wanted. And I made a tweet today talking about it. I said, this is the X-Men, like, this is, it's finally the X-Men, or I finally fell in love with the X-Men, like, this was the X-Men that I loved when I was a kid, and I've never gotten to have that win until now, all of the stories have been fine, there's been great, amazing stories, there's been really bad ones, but none of them have reached the height that this story has, and that's because this is probably, I would say, the first story where the X-Men, everything that happens with the X-Men is good, yeah, there's some bad, but like the fact that they can't die anymore, that they're their own nation state, that the bad guys are good guys, that they, uh, they're they free, that they're together, that they're bringing the, the dead ones back. There's just so much to love about this series, and there's so much to love about this issue. And if you let me, I would just keep talking about it and go over the same things over and over again because I want this happiness played on a loop in my head. And uh, so, yeah, no, but it's going to be a treat for you guys because then I'll have, I'll be, I'm essentially, this podcast will now, the the new comic book days, besides, I'm still going to be getting Venom, and I think I'm probably going to stop Guardians of the Galaxy at issue 12, and besides those and some of the stuff, I'm not really even getting a lot on Midtown anymore because all the series I was reading kind of end in December, and I don't know what 2020 holds, but for now, guys, if you're a fan of X-Men, this is going to be the place to be because I'm going to be reviewing every single X-Men issue as they come out, the day they come out. That is, there's six of them. That's uh, New X-Men, X-Men, Marauders, Ex- uh, Excalibur, or New X-Men, is New Mutants. X-Men, Excalibur, Marauders, Fallen Angels, and 
uh shoot what's the other one is there six? Oh, an x-force and i'm i'm re- all of them have little bits and pieces that i finally decided i really wanted to read about and so i'm really looking forward to this and i really hope you guys join me on that journey too because uh part of it i'm doing for you i know i, I i've gotten some feedback that you guys are enjoying my stuff i'm getting thousands of letters uh, fan mail in the mail uh just buckets i mean if you guys have seen santa claus when tim allen comes into his house and uh, there's just all of those boxes with all of the the letters from it or the list is giant that's what i that's what i've been dealing with this week that's why it's been so busy for me is i'm just getting boxes and boxes and boxes of letters from fans all over the world just telling me how much they love this show and so i I thought you know i got the show must go on so i I, i'm i'm going out on a limb to get these issues and read them not just for you guys but for me because i am in love with the x-men again and I haven't bought an X-Men comic since these House and Powers of X issues. I haven't bought an X-Men comic or read an X-Men comic in stores since uh, maybe like 2008. At least 10 years. 10 years probably. I just, there's, I've never had a reason to because they've always, there's just always been something off. And I, I've talked about that. But this series corrects all of that. And and as I'm a changed man now, guys. I, I've been born again. I... I want to be a member of Krakoa. Please, I would like to be an honorary member. I'm working on getting my citizenship. Things aren't looking so great in, in the United States of America. I would like to become a Krakoan. So if anyone can give me that paperwork, bonus points on that, we can all head over there together. I'm sure we'll be welcomed with open arms as long as you know we're scanned and, and found to be mutants. But uh, that is where I'm going to wrap things up. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, From Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein, and I hope you enjoy reading these comics. (laughs) 